This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Oh, you think you could get away with this? You think you could fool a Corleone? Remember that when Michael confronts Carlo? You think you could in that little false you played with my sister? That's what I feel like is going on right now. America is Michael Corleone. And uh, the far-left woke mob, that's Carlo, huh? That's Twitter. That's social media. That's all that election meddling. That's all that weird stuff that's been going on. You think you were going to get away with this? Oh, no. It's all coming out. It's all there. Thank God for Elon Musk. I think he was delivered to us by God. So was Donald Trump. It all works out in the end. We got a ways to go, but this is very, very good. Okay? Um, we, we now know that they were doing all kinds of things to shadow ban conservatives. We already knew that. I mean, we knew it, but it's wild to actually see it. And to see that Twitter, they're covering their tracks, all that crazy stuff they did with the computers to make it hard for a conservative like me, to make it hard for a, con- a, a leader like Donald Trump, a leader like Donald Trump. They kicked him off right after he said, I want peaceful and I want peace. I want peace. Go home in peace. And they kicked him off when he said that. Can you believe that? Because they didn't want peace. They are so corrupt. They are so sinister. Right now, Elon Musk is cleaning up one of the biggest social media companies in the world. And what are they doing? The social media company, the big lawyer there? There's a lawyer, uh, a woman. She makes $17 million a year. She's the one most responsible for kicking Donald Trump off of Twitter for censoring the New York Post when they got the laptop story. Um, She is crying, literally crying. She's been seen crying about what's happening. She knows she's going to lose her job. I mean, I'm sorry, $17 million, you should be set for life. Uh, But uh, anyway, she's very upset because the new boss wants freedom of speech, and the new boss is going to, well, they're already doing it, taking out all of these blockages, I don't know, adjusting the arithmetic so you can't hear from a guy like, uh, like me or who's another one that I like, Ben Shapiro. All of these guys have been shadow banned, which means they're basically limiting your impact without you knowing it. And that's how they highlight causes they like, and that's how they de-emphasize things they don't like, and it's a very powerful, sinister thing they've been up to. So one of the top executives said, oh, Elon Musk is a misogynist because the lawyer he's criticizing is a woman. These are very stupid people. Yeah, they go to the fancy schools, but those fancy schools aren't so hot anymore. Uh, They just teach him 100,000 different ways to be offended and then to use that, to use that offense for their gain. What do they call it? Weaponizing. You can weaponize being offended and you can get so much of what you want in life. So I am very happy. Not only that, not only is he taking over a uh, social media big tech company, he's launching rockets into space. He launched one this morning into outer space, SpaceX. Uh, my brother actually lives in Florida. I got a picture of it uh, going off into uh, outer space there, a crew. Do we know anything about that crew? Where are they going? I guess they're going to the International Space Station. Uh, 
Good for them. I'm not that excited, though. I'm. Uh, let me know when we get to the moon, and that could be pretty soon. That could be in two years, and that would be just so great. We haven't been there in 50 years, and we're going back. All right, so uh, that is fabulous. Uh, the other thing, uh, oh, just remember this, and I, I, I alluded to it yesterday, but the real thing that's going on here has always been going on with social media. They really didn't care too much about conservatives until Donald Trump showed up. And Donald Trump knew how to do Twitter like nobody else in history. Jeb Bush would just say, um, uh, buy Florida orange juice. It's good and good for you. Available at your grocery store. That's the kind of crap they would put out on social media. And, of course, we all know (laughs) Donald Trump didn't use it that way. Donald Trump just called out, you know, Lady Gaga is a friend, but she is deranged and hurting people. She would just say stuff. And it's good. And it's the power of his Twitter made them all crazy. And the power was real. Here he is talking about it back in. This is right after he get in, got into the race in 2015. Immediately he shoots to number one. And it's because of social media. Because he can use it to go right over the heads of the fake news reporters. And he's enjoying it. Cut 35. Like It's like I own the New York Times. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's called the new age. You know, I always want to own a newspaper. Now I own a newspaper and it didn't cost me anything. It's unbelievable. Good for him. And remember how he had the the fake news at his beck and call. That one Twitter account, which is free, by the way. Free. You don't have to buy a printing press. You don't have to hire a thousand guys to run it. You don't have to hire 500 jerk reporters who uh, need health care and need this, that, and the other thing. You just download it and you're off and running. Uh, and boy, oh boy, they really did. They were, this is also what drives them crazy. They feel guilty. They still feel guilty for what they did back in 2015, 2016. And you know what they did? Well, they reported on him. They reported on him and not their own agenda. Trump owned the media. Uh, and it sounded something like this. Cut 34. Trump tweets making news tonight. Amid Donald Trump's tweet storm last night, responding to the president's Oval Office address. We're following breaking news on a major political story. Donald Trump breaking his silence with a series of tweets. Donald Trump just tweeted. Donald Trump just tweeting this morning. Trump today tweeted this link. Donald Trump tweeted this yesterday. Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump tweeted, good luck to law enforcement. Here's a Trump tweet from earlier this month. And immediately after the speech, Donald Trump tweeted, is that all there is? You see? All right. They just it was driving the agenda. Meanwhile, Jeb Bush was down there. Why aren't they liking my tweets about the orange juice? Uh, Everybody likes orange juice. I don't understand it. Let's have a meeting tomorrow at uh, uh, 10 o'clock and let's brainstorm some new ways I can engage the young people via the social media. Okay, (laughs) they moved at that pace. Glacial, old, slow. It's been said before, Donald Trump was the first millennial president. It's true. You know, you don't want to be one of those people who's just stuck in the past, stuck in the old, stuck everything used to be better. You got to go. You got to adjust. You got to update. Uh, I, think it, uh, I think it keeps you young. I think it keeps life interesting. You want to change things up. You want to you you be in the, what is it, the zeitgeist? Is that what they call it? Anyway, uh, so they hated themselves for what they did, for kind of going along with it. And um, oh, but, you know, the real the real complaint here. Well, it's not presidential of Donald Trump, you know, to 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 say names and to 
Yeah. Everybody else is doing it. I can walk down Third Avenue and hear the F word four times in one block. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but it's pretty crass out there. It's pretty crude. And he doesn't use the F word. He doesn't. I mean, once in a blue moon, he, you know, but so what? So, uh, but it's unpresidential, right? Well, wait a second. I thought it was presidential to promise to fight for people. How many times have you heard a, a politician promise that they were going to fight for you? You recognize any of these voices? Let's see here. Uh, cut 36. What I'll do as president what Donald Trump hasn't. I'll fight for you. I will fight for you. I want to fight for you. I know you, and I will fight for you. I will fight for you. I will be a senator who will fight for you. Yeah, it sounds great. Sounds like the thing you say when you're in front of a bunch of people and you want something from them, their vote. I'll fight for you. Now, Donald Trump made the mistake of actually following through on that promise. And I I don't even know if he actually ever said, because he didn't have to. We saw him fighting every single day during the campaign and during his presidency. We know what it looks like. And sometimes it's not pretty. You got to get red in the face. You got to get in people's faces. You got to you got to you got to lift heaven and earth to get what you want done because everybody's fighting you. And he did it. But that's that's another way he broke this. You're not supposed to do any of this stuff. No, we're just supposed to take care of each other. Scratch each other's back. Come on. What are you doing? You're going to ruin it for everybody. And we love it. We love it. Uh, So here we are. America, 2022. Uh, The left now crying misogyny and now even extra, extra calls about the systemic racism. You know, America's racist, right? Through and through. Oh, yeah. Nobody has a chance here unless you're a what do you got to be? Well, you can't even be Irish. That's uh, that's out. You got to be a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant male uh, straight. What have you seen any of those guys lately? I haven't. I don't know. That like it's it's like there were like three wasps left. It doesn't matter. For the longest time, it didn't matter. Look at when Joe Biden got to office, nineteen seventy-two. When the hell did he ever talk about racial justice? He started talking about it in twenty nineteen. Why? Well, because the woke left, AOC, owned the party. And how do you make a 79-year-old white, cisgender, male, old, all those things that they don't like, that they think about, they don't like it. How does a guy like that get their support? Like, by going totally woke. And believe it or not, I guess in their own warped way, they thought he was the only one who could beat Donald Trump, the only one they could pretend. Look, Pete Buttigieg could not, mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Uh, Who else was in the running there? Uh, Liz Warren, fake Indian, you know. Nobody liked her. I mean, she was the most detestable woman. I'm sorry. Who else posed a real threat? Kamala Harris got zero votes. She did not pose a real threat. Cory Booker went absolutely nowhere. The thing with him, he was promising for too long. He was just the uh, this young, hopeful guy for too long, and then he just suddenly just got stale. Why? Who else was running? It was only Joe for some weird cockamamie reason. They decided it was going to be Joe. And then working class, lunch pail Joe, and, but he had to go totally in with this woke stuff and uh, totally buy these lies about America. Cut 38. We've seen with horrifying clarity the cost of systemic racism. We have a system that is built on systemic racism, and we have to dismantle that system piece by piece. It is time we face up to the reality of systemic racism in all of its forms. Wow. All of its forms. Now, 
I can show you each and every one of those people. None of them were talking about it until it could be used for political advantage for Joe Robinette Biden. What kind of middle name is Robinette? I found that out, uh, I don't know, about a year ago. Robinette is his middle name. And oh boy, what a crook. Did you hear about the $5 million, unaccounted for $5 million, that Joe had to put on his taxes, but nobody knows where the hell it came from. He's trying to pretend it came from speeches and books. Would anybody pay anything to read a Joe Biden book written by somebody else or listen to a Joe Biden speech? Of course not. Of course not. We caught him. Big time. Details when we come back. Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show. The joke that is Eric Adams is not getting funnier. Man, oh man. Uh, He gave his, what the hell was that yesterday? I don't think you're supposed to give a state of the city address when you became the mayor uh, uh, this year, are you? I don't know. He gave a great big uh, look at me speech. Man, all, I can tell. I, I was the same way myself, actually. If I got a nice suit and a really great tie and I felt really good about myself, say when I was, uh, I don't know, 14 years old, I had that kind of, what does he like to call it? A swagger, right? And you're thinking about, man, I look good. Man, I look good. Wow, I feel good. I feel good, right? That's the whole thing about him doesn't care about anything else and can't do anything else just a it's 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 such a fraud and a joke that we've come to this and uh so he's going to what did he tell everybody to do rat on the cops let me hear this cut 60 please i am disappointed in the deployment of transit police personnel i've shared this before all of you who take the train You know, you walk downstairs and you see five transit officers standing at the booth looking at their phones. Just can't, we just can't continue to do that. We are going to start taking very aggressive actions to make sure police are patrolling our subway system and not patrolling their iPhone. And so you are going to see a visible difference in policing in the next couple of weeks to get those officers who are not doing their job to join those officers who are doing their job. And you need to see that. And if you see it, send me a picture. Let me know. Because I go to that, that district the next day and see exactly what's happening. Send me a shot. New Yorkers, you see that? Send me a photo and I would be at that station. This is really what you need, a manager of a uh, $30 billion uh, uh, budget, $30 billion uh, bureaucracy, uh, 300,000 employees. You need this guy running around trying to catch cops on their iPhone, right? There's, that's what you need to know right there, the incompetence, the lack of ability. He can't understand anything else, but he thinks he's got a problem on his hands here. You notice he mentioned... Not the NYPD. He said the transit cops, just the transit cops, transit. Why does he say transit? Well, he was a transit cop, right? So it's a very narrow parochial view, right? Only the things he knows and can understand and get his hands around cops on their phone. All right. Now, have you heard of a crime happening or something where a cop, you know, missed it because they were on their phone? By the way, they have uh, those phones, I believe, are for 
you know, keeping in touch with the commanders and each other. Uh, everybody in life glances at their phone. I don't know if that's uh, – I just have not heard that as a problem. But he says, and take a picture of them and send it to him, and he's going to show up the next day. This, this is the problem, okay? Doesn't know how to do anything. Oh, and boy, oh, boy. You know, he kind of – this happens in politics, okay? You know, you got somebody who has a job, and let's say they're not doing that good in the job. And that's Eric. He was a terrible cop. Everybody knows it, right? Or, you know, you work at a law firm and you're not a very good lawyer. And you say to yourself, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to quit and run for Congress. And then I'll be in charge. And I'll make them pay. And everyone will have to kiss my butt. Yeah, right? Mm. You'd be surprised how many people go into politics for that. Public service? No. No. Payback. Some sort of weird, demented ego pay they're looking for. Man, that was wild. So I have found a few pictures of um, a city employee screwing around with his phone, uh, making videos, uh, tweeting, and I've got pictures of it. And uh, this city employee is uh, Eric Adams. So I got all these pictures, and I'm going to be sending them, I guess, to uh, – should I send them to him? Should I send – who's his boss? We are. Maybe I'll just put them up on my Twitter. Here's what he's doing, huh? Social media. Just pretend he just has another opportunity and just wants to be a star. Doesn't want to work. Doesn't want to roll up his sleeves. Just wants to look good, have fun. You put him in a meeting. Can I hear that one more time, how asinine that is? I am disappointed in the deployment of transit police personnel. I've shared this before. All of you who take the train, you know you walk downstairs and you see five transit officers standing at the booth looking at their phones just can't we just can't continue to do that we are going to start taking very aggressive actions to make sure police are patrolling our subway system and not patrolling their iphone and so you are going to see a visible difference in policing in the next couple of weeks to get those officers who are not doing their job to join those officers who are doing their job. And you need to see that. And if you see it, send me a picture. Let me know. Because I go to that, that district the next day and see exactly what's happening. Send me a shot. New Yorkers, you see that? Send me a photo and I would be at that station. Wow. He's going to go right to that district. Did you hear that? He's going. To, what, what's he talking about, a district? Is, does, does he mean a precinct? I think he might mean a precinct. He's going to go. And what did he say there? Patrolling the streets, not their phone. As if that's, like, profound. You get it, right? If you make it rhyme a little bit. Wait, that doesn't rhyme. How do they say? They need to be patrolling the phone, not, wait. <laughs> they need to be patrolling the streets, not patrolling the phone. I guess the patrolling, saying it twice somehow, was considered cute uh he's not cute it's a disaster uh you think that's going to command respect from the cops from anybody Thirty thousand people are going to say sir yes sir to that no 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 sir no sir ah back to our systemically racist country systemically racist where white supremacy reigns supreme right so much so that uh We took Barack Obama in 2005, and four years later, we made him president. He gets to the Senate in, what the hell year was that? 2005. And then two years later, he runs for president. Listen to this. Cut 39, please. I stand before you today to announce 
my candidacy for president of the United States of America. I played this last night. So that's two years after he got to the United States Senate. And less than two years later, whammo, he's the president. And so many people were virtue signaling, right? We wanted to, uh, I don't know, feel good about ourselves. We also wanted to, hey, man, maybe this is a guy who could talk to the black community, certain segments of it, and say, you know, you guys got some serious problems. We got serious problems. We got to fix this stuff. Remember, for a little while, he was he was actually willing to do that. Cut 43. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community. We know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school. Twenty times more likely to end up in prison. Wow. Wow. We could talk about that or we could talk about... uh... A textbook that makes transgenders uh, not feel as good as they should. Where do you think this country's priorities are? Right. In the absolute wrong place. Hey, more on Joe Biden's money and the corrupt arrangement with Hunter. The walls are closing in on these guys big time. Be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Okay, let's check in uh, on the telephone with Pat in Mattawan, New Jersey. Hi, Pat. Hi, Greg. Can you hear me all right? Loud and clear. What's up? All right. First of all, I want to say thank you for keeping it real. I'm much more informed now because of a program like yours. Hmm. And I, I want to address this Adams business, but she took my, my thunder away by saying I've got recordings because I wanted to know, who was recording him? What was he doing? Is there anybody that he can, that can say what kind of an officer he was? But I didn't know he was just transit. Well, he was a terrible officer, I can tell you that firsthand. A lot of people know that. Uh, he was always uh, doing other things rather than focusing on his job. He was running for Congress as a Republican. Oh, by the way, strangely enough, he was a Republican for seven years. Uh, he was holding press conferences. He was like a mini Al Sharpton agitator within the police department. But he really didn't care about um, civil rights or he really didn't care about race. He cared about hooking up his friends with jobs Really bad guy, totally ineffective officer, was under investigation numerous times and uh, just, you know, totally undistinguished, less than undistinguished. I mean, bad. And I think Wilbur Chapman is a prominent police chief, former three-star police chief, happens to be a a person of color and said this guy, this guy was here to exploit the PD and did absolutely nothing. Created. Can I address the matter? Yeah. He's like a windsock. And and as I told your call screener, you know, he's like someone who throws a firecracker in the crowd and steps back and just watches what happens. Because this morning, there are people saying, good idea, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to be recording the police officers. Meantime, somebody's getting battered up, beat up, and all they're doing is recording. No intervention whatsoever. Yeah, it's the last thing cops need. You're right. I I can just see people. I'm going to catch the cops. Like, everyone is scrutinizing cops as it is. And here he is just undermining them yet again. You just, it's the last thing anybody needs. He's not a professional. And this is what he's going to focus on because he's a very 
dumb individual, has no intellect, cannot actually do the job. It's too big for him. He's a very small man uh, and a very – he's kind of dumb. We all know that. Thank you, Pat, very much. Uh, ooh, let's see. Neil is in Brooklyn. Neil, yes. What's up? How you doing, uh, Greg? Great show. Uh, I think he's doing the same thing like you're talking about. He wants people to film them, like you use your phone, start filming the cops. You know, why are you on the phone? It's just another way to antagonize the police like they've been doing. And he's part of it. He's corrupt like the old mayor. And he's, it's, we're going to have probably another city like David Dinkins. Remember David Dinkins? You know, people give Dinkins a, is a really hard time. I got to tell you, I, look, I got to defend Dinkins for a bit. Uh, number one, uh, you know, it's funny. Koch, who I liked, but, you know, crack and crime really got out of control under Koch. All right. Now, Giuliani, I'm sorry, David Dinkins hired 5,000 new cops when we needed them. It's called Safe Streets, uh, Safe City. It was a big, big, big deal program. The squeegee men were taken care of by Dinkins and Kelly, by the way. My dad was his commissioner for a while. And uh, Times Square was cleaned up. So a lot of times people conflate things and uh, perceptions lag. It's too easy. It's too easy. It's interesting. Nobody ever gives Koch a hard time. You remember from 1978 to 1990, this is one gritty place, wasn't it, Neil? He was the only one that actually opened up more modules on Rikers Island to actually hold inmates at the time. Koch, oh. believe it or not, he was. Ed Koch was yeah. opening up modules. They weren't building prisons. They were building modules on Rikers yeah, Island. Yeah, they were doing all kinds of stuff. Remember the prison barge and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, look, he, uh, he 12 years as a mayor, you're going to have some problems. And he had his problems, and uh, so did Dinkins. But they also had their achievements. And and then things really turned around with those 5,000 new cops and being able to deploy them. So, uh, you know, what I, what I see with Adams, I, I see New York becoming like, you know, like Detroit, you know, like one of those formerly great cities, like Baltimore, something like that. It could happen. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Let's see. Hey, a lot of people are calling in about this. Larry in Staten Island. Yes, what's up? Uh, good afternoon, Greg. Uh, but uh, Eric Adams doesn't realize this. Those iPhones are issued by the department, and they're issued for a reason. Uh, there's apps on there where a cop can pull up a, a crime report or information regarding a uh, a location where there's an excessive crime. Uh, now, he wants the cops, he wants people to go out and start snapping photos of cops. Yeah, it's a ludicrous idea. But, hey, let me ask you something, Larry. And you know I'm not on Eric Adams' side. You know, And also those guys stand. But we all do it. I mean, and I've seen cops do it. The last thing in the world I'm going to do is uh, take a picture. You know, they can actually, just their presence, their presence can be a deterrent to crime. And there's such a thing as using your ears and peripheral vision. But, you know, I'm working nine hours, ten hours a day. I'm not purely working, right? I break out my phone. I do this. I do that. I have a cup of coffee. Cops are the same way. And it's okay. But let's face it. We've all done it. Even cops. Right, Larry? I was, I, I was on the job. Uh, if I had to make a call to the station house, I had to go find a payphone. Yeah, I know. Things are different. Uh, uh, I'd be intimidated by something like that. Well, they're already taking those pictures, and cops have to put up with a lot. Imagine imagine whatever it is you do. Let's say you're a secretary. Okay? Let's say you're a secretary for a boss. Imagine if you had three strangers come into the building and just take out their phones and film you and, and, and yell insults at you. While you're doing your job, while you're printing something, while you're sending an email, you know, making fun of you, making comments, that happens. 
I saw it across the street. These It's just incredible how we treat these guys. Not us, but, you know, the public. It's crazy. Hey, I got this for you. Thank you, Larry. Uh, who remembers Derek Chauvin, the George Floyd cop? Derek Chauvin seeking new trial after conviction in the George Floyd death. Uh, let's see here. Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer convicted in the death of George Floyd, is seeking a new trial. In an 82-page brief filed Monday, Chauvin's attorney, William Mormon, argued that it was impossible for his client to get a fair trial in Minneapolis amid the tense climate surrounding the proceedings and the pre-trial publicity. Well, I think he's got a case, don't you? He said the media coverage of the case glorified Floyd and demonized Chauvin. Uh, yeah. Mormon also argued that jurors were concerned for their safety and that of their loved ones and the possible implications if Chauvin was acquitted. Righto. Floyd's death was followed by massive nationwide protests and rioting in many cities and sometimes resulted in violent clashes. Sometimes that was law enforcement and demonstrators. Um, city was bracing for a riot should Chauvin be acquitted. Juror number 87 stated that she was nervous because this was a high-profile case and Minneapolis blew up after the incident, the brief said. Juror 28 said the decision the jury makes has many broader implications, reactions from the general public, and knowing that the people, general public, is paying attention to the decision and more pressure, I guess, I guess, uh, to get it right. Mormon also argued that jurors were not sequestered. How could they not sequester the jury? I watched the odd couple. They sequestered the jury when Felix. What was that? Felix got was Felix on the jury, and they sequestered them. It was like over a a, a maternity ward. That's just so stupid. Mormon also argued jurors were not sequestered. Uh, tensions flared over the killing of Dante Wright nearby Brooklyn Center. I think this guy. I think this could happen, man. Chauvin's legal team also argued the trial should have been moved outside Hennepin County. He was eventually convicted in April of 2021. Wow, a year ago this month, huh? Sentenced to 22.5 years in prison. He also pleaded guilty to federal charges for depriving Floyd of his civil rights. The three other former Minneapolis police officers accused in the May 2020 death of Floyd, Tu Tao, Thomas Lane, and J. Alexander Kyung, are scheduled stand trial. It says are scheduled to stand trial. It doesn't say two, but I'm putting that in. I thought those guys were already on trial. Weren't they? Kyung. Interesting that they are hardly ever point out that half of the people involved in this were people of color. Right? Why do they leave that out? Because it does not tell the story they want told. The other thing I'll point out, and I don't know why. I don't know why. You could watch all the fake news you want, and they will never tell you that the Minneapolis Police Department, in their patrol handbook, had an authorized maneuver to subdue a detainee by putting your knee and or leg on the individual's neck. Yeah, it's in there in black and white. I often think about that. I think that might be one of the reasons why, you know, people are like, ah, this Chauvin, how could he be so, how could he be so cold? How could he be so, you know, just, and I think because he thought he was doing nothing wrong. He thought like, okay, this is in the manual. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and do that, right? Hey, by the way, Dr. Oz is a doctor. He's running for Pennsylvania in, uh, I'm sorry, running in Pennsylvania for U.S. Senate. I think he'd be great. I'm rooting for him. Guy's totally qualified, totally brilliant. I saw him in the debate the other night. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, those, the McCormick is a swamp guy. You can't have a hedge fund person in the U.S. Senate. You could tell, by the way, he was talking. He's in it for himself, not for us. 
Who was the other one? Kathy Barnett. Very nice woman, but I'm sorry. She's ready for fourth grade teacher, not U.S. Senate. The only guy who can pull this off and take on Fetterman, who's a real uh, interesting character. It's going to be tough to beat him, but Oz can do it. Listen to how they treated him the other night. Dr. Oz, right? The world-famous Dr. Oz. Oh, no. They won't talk. To, they won't call him doctor. They all call him mister. These two idiot, blow-dried, airhead anchor people. Cut 49. Uh, turning to you, Mr. Oz. Directed at Mr. McCormick and Mr. Oz. Mr. Oz, we're going to start this question with you. Okay, Mr. Oz, I want to flip back to you really quickly. I do want to give uh, Mr. Oz a moment, uh, 15 seconds to respond. All right, turning to you, Mr. Oz, now. Mr. Oz, come on. Mr. Oz, he's a doctor. He went to Harvard. He went to the University of Pennsylvania. He was the uh, surgeon uh, of record, or he was like the top surgeon at Columbia University. I mean, give me a break. I was watching this with my wife. She was deeply offended that they would keep saying Mr. All right? You know, her her dad is a physician. You're a physician, an MD, a medical doctor. Now, when it comes to a real, true, phony doctor... They can't stop talking about uh, her credential. I'm talking about Jill Biden, wife of Joe, uh, phony baloney. She got like an education certificate of some kind. And they all do the Dr. Jill Biden thing. Uh, Let's see. uh, Cut 50, please. I have always loved the sounds of a classroom. The quiet that sparks with possibility just before students shuffle in. The murmur of ideas bouncing back and forth as we explore the world together. Okay, there she is. Huh? She talking about school? That didn't sound all... (laughs) That's kind of a glorified version of school, right? And uh, so, Jill Biden, uh, tell us about... uh, What is she again? Is she a a doctor? Fake news? Cut 51. And now it is time for Dr. Jill Biden. Tonight's headliner, Joe Biden's wife, Dr. Jill Biden. First Lady, Dr. Jill Biden, who is in California today. First Lady, uh, Dr. Jill Biden. Dr. Jill Biden, making the case for her husband as Commander-in-Chief. Dr. Jill Biden has said that she's really looking forward to this. Tonight, Dr. Jill Biden's going to do something that really the American public have not seen. Dr. Jill Biden. Dr. Jill Biden. So they take a phony doctor and make her a doctor, and they take a real doctor and make him a mister, Mr. Oz. Mr. It doesn't even sound right. This guy's household name famous, Dr. Oz. Man, do they hate him, and they really do. Why? Because he's in with Trump, and Trump is in with him. Uh, because he's MAGA, and uh, they don't like it. They don't like it. And if you're in Pennsylvania, and somebody called in yesterday in Pennsylvania and said, uh, well, I don't know about Dr. Oz. He's friends with Oprah. So, you want to hear, this is Donald Trump the day he declared for president in June of 2015, uh, talking to George Stephanopoulos, of all people. Cut 46. In 1999, when you were thinking of running as the Reform Party candidate, you told Larry King that you'd consider Oprah for vice president. I like Oprah. What can I tell you? Still on your short list? No, she's great. She's talented. She's a friend of mine. She's a good person. I've been on her show. In fact, I was on her show her last week. She said, could I be on her show with the whole family? I like Oprah. I mean... Is that supposed to be a bad thing? I no, don't but so. Is, who, so when no, you think like about Oprah. who the kind of people you're going to run I think with. Oprah would be great. I'd love to have Oprah. I think would win easily, actually. <laughs> hey, isn't that nice? I think that's pretty nice. All right, I got to take a quick break. Greg Kelly. 
This is The Greg Kelly Show. Okay, okay, okay. Give me one second. Answering some company emails. How do you do with your emails, by the way? Everything. You know, it used to be, okay, your, your coworkers, your friends, maybe your family. Now everybody in the world has your email address. I miss about, I don't know, how many do I miss? I miss a lot. I just, it's, it's, it's always there. And it's always, let's see, what do we got here? It's always from something weird. It's from, uh, uh, let's go, who? Uh, Politico, the New York City Department of Veterans Affairs. We even have one of those? I, I, I didn't, uh, let's Oh, let's see here. I don't, uh, Corey, uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I don't, uh, uh, Donald Trump Jr., Save America Pack, Laptop MD, another one from Save America Pack. Inspired, the Washington Post got my email. The New Yorker, Chris Wallace. What the hell is Chris Wallace? Oh, no, it's another Chris Wallace. World Genius, the word of the day is conversant. Is that supposed to be a tough word? Google Calendar, Black Forest Hobby Supply. Uh, Dick Morris reports. I do like that one. Dick Morris, the political genius, Washington Post, Mike Allen, AM New York, New York Times, uh, 600%. None of this. Where's where's one from a friend? TuckerCarlson.com. It just goes on like this. Why doesn't anybody send me a letter? That's okay. That's all right. That's the way it works. I think I need a new discreet email, you know, just one for me. Um, and for nobody else. All right, so I have to, let's just go through last night's. Am I done with that? Uh, Jill Biden, we took care of that. Oh, um, everybody in the Senate race in Pennsylvania, all the candidates seem to agree that something was not right with the 2020 election. Cut 52. Former President Donald Trump continues to talk about the 2020 election. Is it time for the Republican Party to move forward? We cannot move on. As all the other candidates up here have outlined, under the cover of COVID, there were draconian changes made to our voting laws by Democratic leadership, and they have blocked appropriate reviews of some of those decisions. We have to be serious about what happened in 2020, and we won't be able to address that until we can really look under the hood. Uh, Don't you agree? It's really amazing what they did in Pennsylvania, everybody. There are two ways to vote in Pennsylvania before... Uh, well, actually, even right now, I think under the Pennsylvania Constitution, you can vote in two different ways, in person or absentee by excuse. If you want to change that, fine. But you got to change the state constitution, the Commonwealth Constitution. And there's a way to do that. You got to pass both houses in Harrisburg and then you got to put it up for a public vote. And then you got to take ads out in every newspaper in the county. And then you got to put it up for another public vote. It's a whole rigmarole. And they didn't do any of it. They just said, oh, COVID, we got to do it. You can vote any way you want. And, uh, oh, here's some ballots for you. That's wrong. That's wrong. And a state judge finally said so. The Supreme Court was going to hear this case. It made it all the way to the Supreme Court. And then the issue basically became moot. But it's not moot. As Dr. Ross said, we got to look under the hood. Don't you think? I think. Um, let me just see. Oh, I had this guy on last night, Sam Johnson. You know who he is? Sam Johnson got in trouble for, um, well, telling a kid, a 17-year-old kid who was wearing a dress that he looked ridiculous. It was a boy wearing a dress in public at a hotel. This guy was dining with his family, and he didn't raise his voice. He didn't use foul language, but he said he looked ridiculous. You look ridiculous. You look like an idiot. This is still America, baby. May not be nice, but you don't, you know, there's not a law that makes you be nice, okay? 
in order to be nice, you have to have the choice to be nice. Otherwise, you're just doing it out of fear, right? You got to have bad with good. You got you can't make somebody. It can't be illegal to say you look like an idiot because you're wearing a dress. So this guy named Sam Johnson uh, does that, and all hell breaks loose. I think I have that clip. Are we ready? Is this a cut fifty three? Try that. I chose what I want to wear. Say so off. Okay. Hey. Right? Right? Think he looks gross? Looks disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I look like what? 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 You look like an idiot. Get the away from me. What does he look like? Stop. Oh. Do not. No, sir. No, sir. I can afford you all I want. Keep talking. Please. Look like a moron. Get away. Uh, so the guy, the person who's yelling is a guy who's taking the video. You can barely hear the guy, and he offended the kid who was wearing a dress. You look like an idiot. You look ridiculous. These are seniors going to a prom. They're not transgenders. They were just wearing women's clothes in public as children. The guy said he looked ridiculous. And then what happens? This guy who said this, by the way, you look ridiculous. He's a CEO of a healthcare company, Visuel, I think it was called. Within 48 hours, he loses everything. He loses his job. Visuel comes out with a big, big statement. Oh, we deplore this kind of behavior. We are tolerant. We love everybody. This is so abhorrent to our values. He is now no longer associated with our company in any way whatsoever. He's been terminated. Wow. Wow. What the hell kind of world do we want to live in, huh? I'm sorry, but, you know, like, we're, this is a free, I, I'm supposed to be a free country. It's supposed to be a free country. I don't know. Kathy Griffin, you know, that horrible, vile woman, the one who held up the head of uh, Donald Trump in that ridiculous picture back in 2017. She waged a social media campaign against this guy. Let's terminate this guy. I think he wants to be internet famous. Woo. And typical corporations, what do they do? There's any kind of murmur on online, they wet their pants. Excuse me, but they do. They, they're not used to it. Oh, we've been criticized on social media. We must, we have to have a, let's, let's, uh, let's, go, let's call that crisis coordinator, uh, that consultant that we talked to six months ago. For uh, What do we do? The crisis communicator says, you must apologize immediately and terminate the employee. Okay, okay, he's gone. Put out a statement apologizing to everybody and saying you will work to do better. Okay, okay, okay. Didn't you learn anything from Trump? Okay, the whole world was coming at him. And he said, no. So they were too busy being horrified by the guy to sit down and study him and learn anything from him. So Sam Johnson is now suing uh, Kathy Griffin, and I think he's got something going against the company. That that company is the one. I don't expect anything from Kathy Griffin. But a company, you know, with the name Visuel that I think employs a couple of hundred, maybe a couple of thousand employees, you know, has a board of directors and all that stuff, you know, an up-and-up company. Giving in to the woke mob like that? I may I find I find a seventeen year old boy wearing a dress kind of stupid, don't you? And by the way, there's a whole art to to drag, right? People who do that. I wouldn't go around, you know, I wouldn't say RuPaul is an idiot. That guy's an artist. RuPaul, you know RuPaul. 
I actually know RuPaul. I like RuPaul. RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't watch a show, but I like I like RuPaul's music. I would never call RuPaul a music, an, an idiot because RuPaul is an artist. And when she wears those clothes, she knows what she's doing. Not like this dumb kid who threw on a dress and was kicking out his leg in a perverse way. All right. I got to take a quick break and I will return. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Hey, it's almost May. Next uh, week, it's May. What is uh, to, uh, what is it? 29th, 28th, 27th? The 30th is Saturday, right? So May 1st is uh, Sunday. Wow. All right. And that means it's Election Day in Ohio tomorrow. I had J.D. Vance on the show last night. Great guy. He's running for Ohio U.S. Senator. Competitive race. I'm very impressed with this guy. He wrote the book Hillbilly Elegy, which was turned into a big Netflix movie. He, uh, let's see, went to Yale Law School. And uh, the Hillbilly Elegy was a very important book. It's about his family, but it's also about working class America and all kinds of, it's a very interesting guy. And, uh, oh, he was in the Marine Corps from 2003 to 2007, including a tour in Iraq. And the funny thing about that is, you know, some people, when they run for office, they can't stop talking about their Marine Corps background. I mean, you know or their Army background, or their time in the Navy. And it's good. I'm proud of my service as well. I, quite frankly, come to think of it, have been talking more about it in recent years than I have in the past. But it turns me off a little bit when they wear it on their sleeve. And I think this guy, J.D. Vance, has been very cool about it. He's in the Marine Corps, but he's like, you know, okay. But what can what can you do for us? And he's addressing that. Let's not forget, people who served in the military, you know, they got paid. And uh, they volunteered, and they got cool uniforms, and they got to travel the world, and sometimes we got our education paid for. You know, it was a pretty good deal. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I had so much fun. People say, thank you for your service. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I feel a pang of guilt, actually, because I had, I had even the hard times flying over Iraq, living on an aircraft carrier, doing all that stuff. It was amazing. And you only get to do it, really, in the military. Where else can you do all that? So I just... And I recognized it while I was in. This is a very unique uh, experience uh, for anybody, and it's a unique experience for me because who knows how old I'm going to be. I think I told you some fortune teller told me I'm going to live to be 100. So less than, well, nine years of my life I'll have spent in the Marine Corps, which is the defining experience. If I get to be 100, that's 9% of my life. But actually, that's a big chunk of your life. So um, so that was cool. J.D. Vance uh, running for the U.S. Senate in Ohio. A lot of folks are pretty upset with this Eric Adams, and so am I. Uh, you know, he's really revealing himself to be all to everybody, all the things I already knew him to be a shallow, corrupt fool. OK, sorry, but he is. And I knew it a long time ago. And I was telling you guys, don't do it. Don't do it. But. Too many were dazzled by the nice suits and the uh, the earring. And, oh, wow, what a cool guy. Oh, and he says he doesn't like Black Lives Matter. Amazing. Oh, he says he doesn't like crime. That's amazing. No. No, that's that's not amazing. That's just not amazing. You could say it's amazing in the Democrat Party, you know, these days to say some of that. But it's it's what can you do? Is there any follow-up? And there's none. There's absolutely none. You ready? Here he is. Remember, he told us what a crime fighter he was all that time in the New York City Police Department. You know what he's going to do? He's going to settle old scores. 
He's just into the fact that he's the mayor now. He gets to appoint the police commissioner, a department that basically drove him out, was investigating him. He quit before he could get fired. Um, never made it past middle management. Now he's the mayor. And he really, he re, he's really, you know, he's high on that. So you tell me, is this a, a professional administrator? Is this a law enforcement professional bringing all of his skills, all of his faculties, all of his abilities to the fore? What did he say yesterday? What's he going to do? Listen to this. We were so far in the wrong direction. No, 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 no. I want to hear the one from the speech yesterday. Yeah. I am disappointed in the deployment of transit police personnel. I've shared this before. All of you who take the train, you know you walk downstairs and you see five transit officers standing at the booth looking at their phones. Just can't, we just can't continue to do that. We are going to start taking very aggressive actions to make sure police are patrolling our subway system and not patrolling their iPhone. And so you are going to see a visible difference in policing in the next couple of weeks to get those officers who are not doing their job to join those officers who are doing their job. And you need to see that. And if you see it, send me a picture. Let me know. Because I go to that, that district the next day and see exactly what's happening, send me a shot. New Yorkers, you see that? Send me a photo, and I would be at that station. <laughs> just, well, uh, how are you going to do that, by the way? I just send me a photo. And even if you could, that's what he's going to spend his time doing. Yeah, I could actually see that because he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to do it. He doesn't understand power. He's not an administrator. His political instincts are terrible. Remember, he only got 200,000 votes, Okay. This is a uh, this is a clown, and this is what you get: a guy riding around for the benefit of his social media uh, presence and uh, you know the cameras. He's in love with them, and uh, it's it's kind of sad. A city this size, with its history, some of the giants who led it. We've got this guy running around pretending he's the mayor, and sixty minutes uh, sat down with him over the weekend. And uh, go ahead. You know, there's a great moment here. A bend in the road is not the end of the road. Just make the turn. What the hell does that mean? A bend in the road is not the end of the road. And you'll be surprised how many people swoon over that. Oh, yes, that's so wise. A bend. You know what he was telling? A stupid story about how, you know, now that he's the mayor and he can't stop saying that, somehow he's going to be an inspiration to some guy on Rikers Island who's dyslexic. I was dyslexic. I don't know what the big, this is the, and they're going to see Eric Adams as the mayor. And then they know that they can be the mayor someday too, because they're in Rikers. Well, um, you know, we tried that before. Do you remember Barack Obama? That was like a big thing. He said, you know, the time, the very first day somebody sees that I raise my, my right hand for president, they'll know that they can be anything. Well, that didn't do one iota of difference, did it? Didn't make one iota of difference. We're right back. We're worse than we ever were. And those, oh, that reminds me, um, Barack Obama. Did you know that in certain neighborhoods dominated by people of color, reading a book is considered uh, acting white, and that's a bad thing? 
You don't want to be seen as too literate. You don't want to be seen as too eloquent because they will say that you're acting white. I think that's a pretty horrible thing, but apparently it's true, and I heard it from Barack Obama. Now, where do we have that? Uh, okay, here we go. In 2014, uh, he only went here every now and then because the woke left hated it. They wanted to talk about white supremacy. They wanted to talk about systemic racism. They never wanted to talk about culture. They never wanted to talk about responsibility. Occasionally, Obama very, very tentatively would put his toe in that water and then never do it again for five years. Well, here he is. One brave moment. Cut 44. African-Americans in communities where I've worked, there's been notion of acting white, which sometimes is overstated, but there's an element of truth to it where, okay, if, if boys are reading too much, then, well, why are you doing that? Or why, why, are you, uh, why are you speaking so properly? And the notion that there's some authentic way of being black, that if you're, if you're going to be black, you have to act a certain way and wear a certain kind of clothes, that, you know, that has to go. That has to go. That has to go. I agree that has to go. Did he try to make it go? No. No. He just went with it. Uh, Let's see. And here he is turning on. You know, it depends who he's talking to. Sometimes he turns it on and sometimes he, let's see here, he turns it on. And he's in front of, uh, when he's in front of black people, I notice that he he wants to play up the, his black heritage. When he's in front of white people, he likes to play up uh, Harvard and things like that. Uh, Cut 42, please. We ain't got time to be tired. We ain't got time to be tired. We don't have time to be tired. Wait a second. One more time. Harvard. Let me. Where do you say? Cut 42. We ain't got time to be tired. We don't have time to be tired. See, he actually did both. He would, he appealed to both in one or thought he was. But people can see through this stuff. You know, you got to be. Did you ever see Donald Trump do that? You know, did he ever try to uh, talk a certain way? He was always the same. It didn't matter who he was talking to. He did not. It did not matter. That's the who he was. And I loved it. And so did the people. And quite frankly, people, people who look all different kinds of ways, they appreciate authentic. We appreciate authenticity. And I am really troubled still. And I don't think, I, I, you know, you never know. You see sad stories all the time. But Yassim Jenkins it was a three-year-old boy who died just a couple of days ago in, in Philadelphia of injuries he sustained a little over a year ago. He was shot in the head and shot in the lower body. He died as a result of his injuries. This three-year-old kid, cutest tyke you've ever seen, coming down a slide. I have that picture up on my, my Twitter from the weekend. He, was, uh, he died, and his father used him, allegedly, as a human shield during a drug deal. He would bring his kids so that the drug dealer would, you know... Be put at ease. Oh, I got kids here. Okay, everything's going to be fine. You know. Well, he tried to buy the drugs with a counterfeit bill. The drug dealer didn't like that and took out his gun and didn't shoot the old man. Shot the baby, and the baby is dead. That gun, by the way, somehow found its way into the hands of another drug dealer less than a day later, and another baby was shot. These things are happening. Yet we're debating. Um, 
is is Disney uh, woke enough? Why didn't Disney come out against Ron DeSantis earlier? Yassim Jenkins is dead at the age of three. And as Barack Obama said, there's a crisis of fatherhood in the African-American community. If we started to talk about that, I mean really started, I'm not saying show up at phony baloney, shoot some hoops for 15 minutes in the afternoon photo ops, but man, what do you say, Barack Obama, enough, you got enough money, you got all the status, you got all the prestige, I'll help you. I would, I would, I would, I would help. Oh my, if there's any, I would, I think I'd walk away from this, man. If there were the Barack Obama crisis management center and you put one in each city and you negotiate peace between these gangs, you would deserve the Nobel Peace Prize. The one that you already got that you didn't deserve, but this time you'd really deserve it. Think about it. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, I just got a fake news report. A little bit of fake news to share with you. They say that the Elon Musk thing is not going to happen. Wrong. It's going to happen. This guy's going to land the plane. Uh, Some guys over there murmuring. There's a theoretical, more than a slightly more than a theoretical chance, according to a small group of people... Uh, monitoring the situation that this could not possibly, under certain circumstances, be approved. Shut up. I mean, don't shut up, shut up. I got it from a good news person, but they were relaying it from uh, another news person who I don't think is so hot. So I I think it's going to happen, and that's going to be great for America. Uh, Look, you guys have been on the phone for a long time. There's Alan in Pennsylvania. Hi, Alan. Alan? We kept them on hold for too long. What about Andrew in uh, Stanhope? Hello. Hey, what's up, Greg? Uh, oh, hi. Me? Yeah, I do. Hi. Yeah, I was a little dyslexic also. I still am. It sucks. Writing, you know, I always have to get a proofreader. It's a real pain in the ass. But, <laughs> you know, I'm good with shooting and photography, editing, but writing, I like, slows me down. But anyway, I have the skill of shooting and editing. But I want to say I love what you're doing when you're putting the right focus on the issues with you know, using Obama, he he supports leftist policies, and that's why that takes the followers out of the homes. So you can't have it both ways. That would be like giving the lecture to young kids how bad smoking is, and then after the lecture, handing out cigarettes. <laughs> you can't, you know, he's working both sides. He's causing the government dependency with his policies, then saying how bad it is. And you know what the be- yeah, it's a good point. Hey, by the way, you know Barack Obama smokes cigarettes. You know that, right? He probably looks cool though, right? Doing it. Well, you know, we all went through that phase, but he kept at it. You know, where you thought it was cool. Thank goodness I stopped. I did it for about I don't know, maybe two years, a long time ago. But I did. What a dumb thing to do. 
Uh, hey, Andrew, great points as always. Uh, hey, Mark is in my former hometown, well, my original hometown. I was born in North Shore Hospital in Manhasset, and I went home to Sprague Street in Baldwin. And uh, Mark is on the phone in Baldwin. Hi, where in where in Baldwin are you? Hey, Greg, uh, I'm down by Baldwin Harbor, actually. That's like south of the uh, Sunrise Highway, right? South, south of Sunrise, south of Barrick, yeah. All right. So, uh, well, anyway, I love that place. Hey, did you know that Grumman, you know Grumman, the lunar module uh, people? Uh, it's now Northrop Grumman. They made the lunar module in Bethpage. Well, Grumman was first a small little garage, a shop in Baldwin. It started in Baldwin, Grumman, and then they moved to Bethpage. Anyway, uh, uh, what's up? Before my time. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Anyway, what's up? Well, anyway, listen, I'm a, I'm a retired FDNY lieutenant, and uh, my kids are on the job also. And about a month and a half, two months ago, they came home with cell phones, Motorola's. I asked them, where did they get these from? They said the city gave it to them, that the city is giving out cell phones to NYPD, Diddy, and EMS so they could check the history of their calls and see where they're going and also what's going on with other calls and citywide. And I wonder if Mayor Adam knows that he they even got phones and they might be looking at those instead of their regular cell phones. You know, it's a great point. He probably doesn't. This is not a detail-oriented guy. This is not an operations guy. He's not even a big-picture guy. Sometimes you got detail guys and then you got your big-picture guys. This guy is just off in space looking at himself in the mirror. Uh, so he probably does not know that. This is not a nuts-and-bolts government guy. He also has no idea. He's not capable of big thoughts. He's not a philosopher. He's not an ideologue. He's just a weirdo. He's just a self-absorbed weirdo. And uh, into his own clothes and this foolish swagger. Uh, did you see he did not even make it to that little kid's? He promised to go to this little kid's funeral, and he didn't go. And uh, Blamed a meeting that he had already missed twice, and just a bad guy. In so many ways, and we're on to him, and he probably didn't know. Mark, it's a good point. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, another guy has been on hold for a long time. This is, oh, Brooklyn, and she's in Brooklyn. Hi, Brooklyn. Hi, Greg. Hi there. Hi, Greg. Long yeah. time. Yes, indeed. Uh, can I, Can I? if possible, just uh, comment on two things first? Go first, ahead, whatever um, you like. Okay, first, Adam. Wasn't this the same guy who wasn't even able to address the subway bombing because he was out sick with COVID because he went on a, some party that he, you know, he wasn't even able to do his job properly? That's true. You know, people forget that. He was raging around like a fool, going out all the time. And uh, look, people get COVID, they get COVID. But um, yeah, the first moment of crisis, he had to stay home in bed. But he made mm-hmm. sure that they, I think he paid more attention to making sure that the live trucks got to Gracie Mansion so he could be on TV. He was very concerned about that. They started a press conference at one police plaza, but first they went via satellite to him in his uh, in his mansion. Yeah, silly. And stop saying that he looks good in a suit. God, you want to make me vomit when you guys say that. So disgusting. Well, wait a second. I mean, um, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, look. You do understand how it works sometimes, right? You know, you you throw a little bit of praise, so then you can really savage the guy. All right, there's a there's a rhetorical reason to do that. So you don't sound. Sa- 
good. It may be, you know what? You may be right. You know what? Actually, you may be right about that. And the other thing is, who cares? You're right. I mean, look, he conspicuous. I'm not, I'm being sincere. He looks good in the suit. And he's, I don't know what the hell it is. He's got like an extra sheen or something like that. I don't know what's going on there. I don't think he can sit down. I, I know another guy like this, another guy. He's very cool, and he's a hell of a lot smarter than Eric Adams. His name is Baruch. Brilliant guy, great spirit. Every time I see this guy, I'm like, dude, where did you get that suit? I mean, he always looks great. There are some people like that, but you're right. He probably likes it when we talk about his dumb clothes, although I am going to tonight because his outfit on 60 Minutes was like over-the-top uh, foolish, you know, a d- double-breasted vest. It was ridiculous. Anyway, Brooklyn, you're making great points. You had another one? Can I say one? Yes, yes I do. please. The reason, in my opinion, this is what I observed the other day when Obama was in the White House with Biden on the um, health care thing, and he ignored Biden. I think the reason why he did that, how would you like to be known as the guy who got who got more votes than you, and knowing that he was a dummy and that didn't happen, but you have to eat that, you know? Wait, who? Wait, I don't understand. Wait, he ignored who? What? Why? Obama ignored Biden because people are saying that he, he Biden, got more votes in, in history than in any other president. Yeah, I think uh, people are not uh, buying that. And uh, it's interesting. You're right. He did ignore Biden. There was a very, it was very disrespectful but Biden is um, very easy to blow off. He's a shell of a man. And uh, that footage was devastating, devastating for Joe Biden. Uh, big mistake. Hey, thank you, Brooklyn. Uh, stay in touch. I got to go for a moment. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. It's me. <laughs> uh Wow, I did not really want to talk about Eric Adams for the entire show, but the phone keeps ringing. ringing. People are really upset about this guy, and uh, he is a, uh, well, he is incompetent. Uh, Four months in, 50% increase in crime. He was supposed to be the crime fighter. He can't get the cops to listen to him. Even if they did, he wouldn't know what to say to them. Uh, We're in trouble. I think Brooklyn is right. Enough with the complimenting on on his clothes. Uh, That's kind of ridiculous. Uh, Enough with that. Uh, who cares? What do you, you know, Jimmy Walker was a sharp dressed man. He was a mayor of New York city. Wasn't he corrupt? He got in big trouble. He was a Tammany hall guy, but that was his big thing. He was known for that dressing well. And when you think about it, actually, what is so special about Eric's clothes? He wears a blue suit, a white shirt and a tie. Well, actually, sometimes he wears, uh, a uh, charcoal uh, pinstripe uh, cross check uh, peaked lapel uh, 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 double breasted vest uh, three piece job earrings bracelets uh, watch uh, cufflinks uh, monogram oh monogrammed shirt that's when you go that's when you become ridiculous you can't have guys listen to me on this one uh, if you're going to get your shirt monogrammed you get it monogrammed on your um, not on the sleeve. You want it monogrammed on your, uh, what do you call it, the lower chemise, uh, basically where you're uh, a little bit left of your belly button. That's where you want it, all right? Maybe a little bit left and up from your belly button, and you put your initials there. That's the classy um, Europa way to do things, Uh, Europa. Uh, What is it with those Europeans, by the way? Why is it that they're all thin and they've all got their act together? When it comes to clothes and food, they what is it about them? 
it, it, it looks they're always in control. Now they they come from puny countries, and I'm glad we got our own better country. Uh, maybe because they know they're going to be taken care of because basically those places are socialist. And then since they're going to be taken care of, they don't have to sweat it out like we do. You know, look, you can't rely on social security. You got to sweat it out. You got to sock it away. You got to work survival of the fittest baby over there. You know, they've been there for thousands of years. They're going to be there for thousands of years. So they never really get too worked up about much of anything. It seems like I was looking at the head of NATO and by the way, that NATO, uh, (laughs) Talk about an overrated organization, and why are we delegating all of our authority, all of our power to NATO? Most Americans can't tell you what it stands for or why it exists. It's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, by the way. NATO expansion is something that Putin does not want, although we are becoming less and less interested in what Putin wants or doesn't want. But the experts agree. Even Marie Yovanovitch, who is... uh, uh, what was she again? Longtime foreign service officer, ambassador to Ukraine, a Democrat. Uh, she worked under Trump for a little bit. They got her out. Remember? I want to talk to Rudy about her, actually. He, he has her number. But she said the other day on TV that uh, Putin would not have invaded if Trump were still in power because Trump was not terribly high on NATO. So he would have gotten what he wanted without having to go to war. And she tried to make that sound like it was really bad for Trump. But think about that. Wouldn't we want to avoid war, right? Wouldn't that have been better? And if he wanted something from NATO, I mean, we're, they're negotiating with him now. Wouldn't it be better to negotiate, you know, ahead of time without the war? I think that would have been great. Everybody understands we wouldn't have lost Afghanistan. We would not be in the situation in Ukraine and Russia if Donald Trump were still in the White House. It's uh, it's it's really quite simple. Cut and dried. You know it in your gut. You really do. Give me a little bit more from Adams, if you don't mind, that 60 Minutes thing. We were so far in the wrong direction of really abusive policing. Stop. Abusive policing. Abusive policing. You know, Bill de Blasio ran on that lie, and it was a lie. It was a false narrative, folks. He did it to win the nomination, and all you had to do to win the Democrat nomination in this city is appeal to a couple of wacko, lefto nutjobs, and the nomination can be yours. And it was, because he ran a campaign saying that the New York City police, uh, the overuse of stop and frisk, racist, all this crap, yet the New York City Police Department, 75% of New Yorkers approved of them. The entire year, 2013, election year, Bill de Blasio is running for mayor was a placid time. Show me the police riots. Show me the riots, actually. From 2002, when Bloomberg and Kelly get to office, to when they leave, December 31st, 2013. Show me the viral videos of police abuse. Show me the uh, the police uh, abusing people. Show it. Show me. Show me. You can't. It doesn't exist. Halfway in, smartphones, everybody was walking around with one 2007 because the department was well-managed. It was effectively managed, superbly managed, actually, proactively managed. And then an ideologue by the name of de Blasio. You know, it's interesting in 2013. uh, I don't know if I should say this, but it's true. Um, You know what Barack Obama said? Now, he's the president. He probably wants a Democrat to become the next mayor of New York City, right? De Blasio is running up and down, you know. Stop and frisk, must end. Uh, 
And, you know, you say stop and frisk enough, you, um, you just, oh, that doesn't sound right. Eh, that doesn't sound good. You can't even find video of people being stopped and frisked. I remember this on the news. You know the video that all the news stations use when they wanted to talk about stop and frisk? The demonstration that the NYPD put on expressly for uh, the cameras. It was a training exercise at the police academy. They were stopping and frisking police cadets. Okay? Like, you know, what to do, what not to do. This is what you do. This is how you ask. You know, all that stuff. The, all, the only B-roll they have of stop and frisk is from that, <laughs> that training exercise when de Blasio is running. Where is it? It doesn't exist. So people in their heart of hearts knew that this city was doing very well. We had peace. We had prosperity. And even Obama, for all of his faults, they said, you know, your Homeland Security Secretary is resigning. Who would you like to replace him? Uh, her, by the way, it was Governor G- Napolitano from Arizona. She was the Homeland Security Secretary for a couple of years under Obama, and she was leaving. And you know what Obama said? Well, Ray Kelly is the best there is, and if he's available, I'd love to have a talk with him. Isn't that interesting? Because, you know, forget about the politics for a moment. This city was safe and secure. And oh, by the way, some fabulously educated, well-educated men were running it. And people don't talk about that, I know, and me- media notice it sometimes. They, but Ray Kelly's a lawyer, two law degrees, actually. Uh, Bloomberg went to Harvard for an MBA, Johns Hopkins undergrad. They were attracting the best and the brightest. Who do you think is going to work for Eric Adams? Very few of merit, very few. There are, one or, there are two that I know of that have anything to offer. That's it. It's... Um, it's pretty sad. Give me another, uh, nah, enough with that guy. It's I, uh, You guys have been on hold. Shall I take one more? Why not? Norman is in Brooklyn. Hi, Norman. Yeah, hi. Hey, Greg. Um, concerning Mayor Adams calling for us to photograph cops on phones, maybe we should film and photograph Mayor Adams as he goes out partying every night as the city burns. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm actually way ahead of you on that one. I'm taking all kinds of collecting all pictures of him at various parties, him taking selfies, and uh, I'm going to uh, have some fun with it. So uh, great idea, Norman. Thank you very much. And uh, let's see, Mary. Oh, Mary's on Long Island. Hi, Mary. Hi. Can I still make a comment or two about Adam? What do you want? Sure. Well, you have me all wound up every day when you talk about him, but today especially. I I don't understand how he doesn't realize the importance of his position as the mayor of New York City. Um, You're right. He cares a lot about how he looks, but could someone give him, uh, like, lessons in speaking properly? He's horrific. He, I, I cannot listen to him. It's embarrassing. I just look. I'm, uh, I'm with you on that one. I am. Uh, some people think, well, it's the bigotry of soft expectations. I mean, I hear all the grammatical mistakes. I hear the oh. wrong word choice. I hear all kinds of issues. But you know, I don't know. He's got a killer smile, and Anderson Cooper doesn't want to uh, look like a racist, so he just uh, pats him on the back and says. Yeah, good for you. Uh, now I'll go back to my elite circles. I don't know. It's it's, it's pretty bad. Any, what You wanted to say one other thing? Well, I, I just, I 
wanted him to succeed only because I want things to calm down in New York. I want it to become a safer place. I want the economy to come back. And it's not going to if the violence continues. But I'm throwing up my hands. I really am. The idea that he asked the public to take pictures of the police officers in the subways on their phones, Mm. like the gentleman said who called in, I also heard someone say that they got rid of the books that they used to write in the officers and everything now goes in the phone, which is much safer than, you know. Yeah, And he doesn't know that. that. He doesn't know the nuts and bolts of it. Hey, where on Long Island do you live? In Northport. That's pretty far out there. I mean, how how often do you get into the city? I don't come in anymore. I used to commute to work all the time. Uh, so it what are you tough. worried about? I'm worried because I love New York City, and I have a lot of friends who work there and live there. No, I know. It's terrible, Greg. It's, abs- it's a sin, and de Blasio started it, and the nosedive, I-, I don't know how you come out of it. I really don't. Well, I know this. And I'm sure you do, too. God can do anything. And yeah. he can turn it around like that. I mean, it's just, you think he's going to hold everything back? He's going to, because Eric Adams fooled 200,000 people one day in June? You know, you think we're all going to suffer forever because of that? I don't think so. I don't think so. He can make all this work out for the better. we got to listen to him. we got to trust him. we got to obey him. We got to stay in the word. I haven't talked about that in a while. Sometimes I feel, sometimes I, uh, anyway, you've heard me talk about it. The Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible or any Bible, the true Bible, the, uh, the, the King James Bible, get the Bible. You know the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and get in there. If you want to get closer, you can. Something happened to me the other day. It was like, wow, it's like, again, he's just, it's almost like, it's almost like he threw a glass of water in my face. Hey! Yeah, remember that thing you read about? Yeah, yeah you, you think? It's just amazing, the stuff that he, how he communicates with us. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing, Mary. All right, one other thing. Uh, Northport, uh, how long you lived there? Um, off and on, 10 years. I moved out, moved back. Mm, uh, where the heck, what, is it by Huntington? Where is it? I always think it's yes. like, it is, yes. right? Okay. It, yes. And there's a beautiful theater there, a professional theater. It's fantastic. Don't have to go to Broadway anymore. Um, it's just a beautiful town. Your wife and, and girls would love it. It's a nice place to come in the summer. Is it on Great the water? Restaurant. Yes, it's beautiful. Yeah, I would like to see it. I actually have never really seen it. I see the sign for it, but I've never seen it. I always get it confused with the North Fork, you know? North Port, no. North Fork. No. I know it's a difference, but in my head, it's always been on the North Fork. So I got to check it out. Thank you, Mary, very much. And do me a favor, uh, stand by. I got to go uh, <clears throat> uh, wash my hands, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Um. Madeleine Albright's funeral was this morning. Madeleine Albright, Secretary, excuse me, of State under Bill Clinton, Ambassador to the U.N. under Clinton. She died on March 23rd of 2022. That is over a month ago. Uh, What the hell's up with that? Uh, I've never heard of such a thing. One month before the funeral? Is this a COVID thing? I mean, how can that be? I saw today, like, who died? Because they were playing, there was 
coverage, live coverage, and Bill Clinton spoke. He spoke very well. Um, and, you know, you get to a certain age, you talk about mortality a lot more than you used to, right? And he said he was talking to Madeleine Albright two weeks before death, and they were talking about, uh, you know, the old times and stuff like that. Uh, seriously, why would there be a one-month delay for a funeral? So everybody could get together? Is that how it's done? Hey, the other thing we want to talk about real quick, you know, Trump has this phony baloney lawsuit that he's got to deal with from Letitia James. Uh, Complete nincompoop. I'm sorry, but she is not a smart woman, has no business being the attorney general. And what about that debacle of her running for governor for 20 minutes? hmm? And that sham report. Uh, on Cuomo. Now, I know you don't like Cuomo. I've heard that from you. I've got my own problems with Cuomo, but he's not a predator, and he did not harm anybody physically, these women at least. Didn't touch them. Nothing was uninvited. This is such a ridiculous, phony story, but I think there's another motive here, and the real motive was as a warning to Joe Biden. If you don't do what we say, we will do to you what we did to Cuomo. And the people will believe it because we've looked at all. Everybody has seen Cuomo over the years, right? I've seen it. I've not seen any picture that was inappropriate or anything. The one thing, that girl, I guess he was holding her cheeks. I've seen it really did not look untoward. What else did he say? You look good in that dress. You look good in that gown. Who cares? We're going to be in a world where you can't say that? Seriously. If we, well, thank God for Elon Musk, really. I'm so pleased this happened. All right, so back to uh, uh, Trump has uh, is appealing this whole thing. They were going to fine him $10,000 a day. Trump is so good at being sued, quite frankly. He really is. And he's so good at being criticized. It doesn't bother him. Remember, corporate America, you could learn something from the guy instead of being freaked out all the time, okay? And when the social media mob comes for you, Just don't cave, all right? Just hunker down. Don't do anything for 12 hours, and they'll be mad about something else. Corporate, they're so silly. They overreact, and then they wait, or they they finally figure out what they want to do. The mob is already done being mad at them, and then whatever they do, it's late, and it reminds everybody of the situation that made them mad to begin with. Does that make sense? So... Uh, again, I feel really bad for this guy, Sam Johnson, but he's fighting back. He told a 17-year-old boy wearing a dress that he looked ridiculous. I think that's okay. I think you're allowed to do that in America. But the trans, woke, left, whatever the hell, I mean, they're more important than the Supreme Court these days. If they're angry, you're in trouble. And they were very angry when, you'll hear the exchange, if you listen closely, the man who's yelling is actually some freak kid with a camera just trying to stir things up. You'll hear a faint voice in the background saying, you look like an idiot. Cut 53. I chose what I want to wear, so you can f*** off. Okay? Okay. Think he looks gross? Looks disgusting? Yeah? Yeah. I look like what? What is f*** off? What is You look like an idiot. Get the f*** away from me. What does he look like? Please stop. Oh. Do not like No, sir. No, sir. I can support you all I want. Keep talking. Please, please. Look like a moron. Get away. 
Okay, I heard him say idiot. I heard a lot of other kids yelling their heads off. The man who said idiot. You look like an idiot. You know what they call me on, on social media? Somebody called me rectum face. All right, did I cry? Did I uh, demand uh, some company fire somebody? No. Do you want to call me that? You can. I mean, quite frankly, it makes you look sillier than me. I mean, rectum, forgive me. I don't think I've said that uh, prior to today. The last time I said that word was probably in fourth grade when I learned it. Uh, Doctors use it occasionally, and uh, that's it. I don't think it's a word that works for uh, anybody except doctors and fourth graders. So I was called a rectum face. And uh, everybody keeps their job, and everybody should keep their job. I'm not going to go on some social media crusade to find out the, uh, the person and where they work and put their address up online. What's worse, rectum face or idiot? Quite frankly, I would rather have been called an idiot. Oh, Roland Martin, actually, a uh, known um, exploiter of race issues, uh, just called me an idiot on, on Twitter. Now, what's his beef? Well, I thought I'd point out that some of the women... Well, let's see here. Do I have this? Do we want to do this real quick? Uh, sure. Why not? Uh, where were we? Okay, the B block. You know about how systemically racist we are, right? And you know uh, a, a statement like this is just ridiculous coming from a man like Tim Scott. It's actually great. I love it. Tim Scott is a Republican from South Carolina, happens to be black, and I think he could be and should be president of the United States someday. He said this, cut 41. Parents have a right to know what their kids are being taught in the classroom. Teaching kids that some are oppressors is just as bad as teaching other kids that they're always going to be victims. I uh, have no problem with that, do you? Okay. But a panel on MSNBC played that, and oh my God, were they deeply, deeply, deeply offended. Uh, Let's see. Maya Wiley was on that, uh, known socialist. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Jonathan Capehart, formerly a reasonable guy, but uh, now he's an MSNBC anchor, so he's a maniac. Uh, Let's see. I can't remember the names of the other two. Three females, one male, all, I believe, African-American. And, uh, man, they really play up the race thing a lot. Uh, Cut 40, if you don't mind. Schools are filled with more than just straight, white, cisgender folks who are being robbed of their education. Black Lady Courtroom, welcome back to the Sunday show. And what Tim Scott is participating in is a willful political strategy to engender fear in white people and to play on it. Sophia, as the former uh, Republican here on the panel, what's up with your boy Tim Scott? the treatment of American history really kind of glossed over for the most part and ignored some of the atrocities, including the enslavement of black people. We don't teach history accurately. We don't teach why critical race theory in its purest form, why it's a very important thing to teach about structures of racism that persist from the time this country was founded forward. As always, Thank you for coming to the Sunday show. That is the Black Lady Courtroom, y'all. Y'all, that's the Black Lady Courtroom, y'all. Well, uh, something bothered me about this. A lot bothered me about it. Their content, whatever, and they're talking about race all the time. And I thought it was interesting, and I think, quite frankly, it undermines the whole idea that they're just talking about 20 minutes ago 
really, when you think about it, how systemically racist and how many white supremacists there are. So there are four people on that panel, all black. Three of them are married. All three happen to be married to white men. I think that's interesting, actually. I do. Now, of course, social media says, how dare you raise something? Hey, by the way, love is love. Marry anybody. I, you know, that does not matter. But I think that they were able to do that, that, that. That's who they chose. It does undermine to me the notion that they push 24-7. It's their livelihood. Systemic racism. I think it's undermined by that. I do. Seriously. I think it is. Stay with me. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax at 7. All the best. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.